What can I say, folks? We've got a dark show today. So strap in because we're going to go into a place that I wish we didn't have to. But we need to understand what's going on in our country. And we need to understand that these things have been done to us and they've been done by design. They've been done by design. We are going to talk today about the murder mystery in the Pacific Northwest, Idaho University. We are going to talk about what's going on in the city of Philadelphia, the murder sprees and the killing in the streets of Philly. And I want to remind you, though, that there is a path forward. There is light at the end of the road. There are people who do believe in this country, who believe that we can overcome this darkness. And we are, cu- we are getting together this December. If you'd like to join us for this gathering and join us at the start of this new movement, go to amfest.com. That's America Fest, December 17th to the 20th, where we will be joining to discuss how to take our country back. Amfest.com, promo code POSO. The facts of the case that we know right now. We know that these homicides occurred in the early morning hours of Sunday, November 13th. Around noon, Moscow officers received a call of an unconscious person. Officers discovered the bodies of Ethan Chapin, Zana Kernodal, Madison Mogan, and Kaylee Goncavs inside the residence on King Road. The four were stabbed with a knife, but no weapon has been located at this time. There was no sign of forced entry into the residence. Investigators are continuing to collect evidence at the scene. Investigators are working to develop a timeline to relevant events. Autopsies are taking place today on all the victims so we can continue to gather evidence and solve the crime. Investigators are working to follow up on all leads and to identify a person of interest. Based on details at the scene, we believe this was an isolated, targeted attack on our victims. We do not have a suspect at this time, and that individual is still out there. We cannot say that there is no threat to the community. And as we have stated, please stay vigilant, report any suspicious activity, and be aware of your surroundings at all times. What we do know, or what we don't know, excuse me, the identity and location of the suspect, the location of the knife or any clothing that was worn by the suspect. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is November 17th, 2022, Anno Domini. The story, a murder mystery in the Pacific Northwest. I think everyone's actually talking about this story. It's not a political story. This is not something that, you know, falls into one of those categories of liberal conservative that we like to talk about and we often get into here. But what it is, it's a story about where we are as a country. It's a story about how did we get to the point, whether it's through, you know, mental health, drugs, overwatching of true crime and, and, and murder mystery and serial killer shows that we got to a point where the serial killers are back. The latest that I've seen, the latest that I've seen from this 
on in the New York Post states that the police are now seeking a Rambo-style knife in the investigation of the Idaho student murders. Autopsy was completed this morning. Bodies are in the process of being returned to the families. But the fact of the matter is, this police department initially said that there was no threat to the public. Now they've done a complete 180. And so they must have come up with some kind of evidence, something in their investigation that changed the way they viewed this entire thing. And the public outcry has gone national at this point. And so let's let's dig into it just a little bit. For anyone who hasn't seen or heard of the story yet, this is a mass murder of four young students, 20 to 21, University of Idaho, took place in Moscow, Idaho, right on the border with Washington State. The autopsies were actually done in Spokane County. Four students discovered on a Sunday morning, stabbed, and had bled to death. The scene was described as one of the most horrific things and gory things that the police had ever seen. Two other students were in the house. It was kind of a shared house that they all had. They didn't discover what happened until they woke up. Now, could be a lot of reasons for that. But what we do know is that the last time, the last time the girls or any of these these four were seen on camera. They were seen around 1.43 a.m. to 1.53 a.m. <clears throat> Madison and Kaylee were ordering food from Grub Trucker's food truck outside the Garden Lounge on Main Street. That's right in, Main, right in downtown Moscow. Then, possibly just an hour later, based on what investigators have been able to find from the bodies, they believe that they were killed between 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. at this off-campus apartment. And because they said they believe there are no forced entry, the question is, did someone enter that place with them, perhaps willingly, with the intention to do that? And when you're here talking about things like a Rambo blade, right, obviously there's questions that need to be asked. There is, by the way, in these videos that have come out from the truck. So there was a, you know, the, again, this is the world we live in now. And I talked about this during the Kyle Rittenhouse case that we live in a world of mass surveillance. It's not the mass surveillance necessarily of just Big Brother. It's the mass surveillance of every single individual in our country on everyone else because they were ordering food. Well, guess what? That food truck happened to have a Twitch live stream going as they were ordering food and they were able to go through the live stream footage and find them on that tape talking to an unidentified man who was there. Now, if this police department's worth any good and, and this isn't a big, this isn't a big town, by the way, it's like 24,000 people, including the students that hopefully that, that individual has been identified immediately. Hopefully they had him in Monday morning, but they're still on the lookout for the killer here. And one of the reports that came in is that a couple of months before, and this could be, could be related, maybe not related, was that a knife threat had been issued at the University of Idaho back in September when an individual, also known as a vandal alert, 
had threatened a walking group of students on the grounds with what they were what they were told was a large knife. Uh, this was in the steam plant parking lot, lot number 14 in the Student Recreation Center on Paradise Path. The man was described as white, age 18 to 22, and dressed entirely in black. The last reported murder in this leafy town was 2015. And so the reason I get into all of this is because I do think that we are changing as a society. I think that America is becoming more violent. I think that we do have to face facts. You need to look over your shoulder wherever you are. You need to hold your kids. You need to be careful and maintain situational awareness at all times. But also understand the people are snapping out there. People are going into these dark places and it's causing them to commit horrible atrocities. And so, no, I'm not going to call for gun control or, you know, what do I knife control in terms of this, but you need to be aware, you need to be smart and you do need to always be looking over your shoulder. So hopefully, and if anyone's out there in Idaho, send us your email, liberty at tpusa.com. If you have any information on this, we'd love to get it to the authorities. Stay tuned. Be right back. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers, but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. So Chucky Schumer goes out there and is talking about how we have a worker shortage and also a population shortage in this country. And that's why we need to provide amnesty to all the illegals. I was told this was a conspiracy theory. I was told that if anybody talks about this, certainly if Tucker Carlson talks about it or anybody in right wing media, that it's a it's a crazy conspiracy theory to think that the open borders are being brought in because they want to bring in low wage workers and they want them to compete with the people that already live here and they want to give them full amnesty and a pathway to citizenship to do so, which, by the way, they've talked about for years. But here's my point on this. Here's something that's very important that people need to understand. And, and I mentioned this when AOC, all right, AOC brought this up as well recently. And she said, we need more immigrants because Americans aren't having kids. We need more immigrants because Americans aren't having kids. Let's go to the scoreboard, shall we, on that? Because we have a government in this country and a society in this country that does not prioritize childbearing. It does not prioritize motherhood and fatherhood. It doesn't. What it prioritizes is individuality, self-centeredness, selfishness, do whatever you want. You know, follow your own path. Those kids are just in your way. Get an abortion whenever you feel like it. Abortion on demand. That's the lay of the land. That's the rule of the land. You saw how much money was spent after the Dobbs decision. This isn't being spent because we're being told, told, like I say, go be a rebel and start a family because that's rebellion in 2022. No, we have a society that says that you need, you need to pursue your career at all costs and that children are in 
the way. How many Hollywood actresses and act and, and there's actors out there as well, but actresses really have come forward to say this, that say, I never would have earned my awards, my accolades. I never would have been in those films if it wasn't for abortion. Think about that. Think about how cynical that is, how dark that is. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? And for those of us, look, look, I'm Catholic. And when I look at something like that and I say, the stuff that you get in this life, it's fleeting. Any money you get, I had a priest once used to say, uh, you know where the best place to check your bank account is? When you're walking past the graveyard. Guess what's in their bank accounts? Exactly. You all zero out at the end, you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. But what you leave is your family and your Christian, Catholic, like me. The goal is raise your family and then to get everyone to heaven together. Period. That's it. But that's not what society teaches. That's not what society wants. They want both parents working. They want, they're overworking, certainly in America, by the way. You know, other countries, even Europeans look at us, they're like, you guys are crazy. What are you doing working these 80-hour weeks? And all of you, you're like workaholics. We're an entire country of workaholics and then sucking down as many stimulants as possible to keep us awake, keep us commuting, keep us on the road, keep us inside the cubicle farms, aka the cube farms, and that that is your path to success. That's your path to success. Not children, not family. I'll tell you what, two things on this. And I'll get back to Chucky e. Schumer. The two things on this are as follows. Number one, if you see a picture of a family reunion, particularly when it's, you know, when there's a grandmom or a great grandmom, uh, my wife's grandmom is still around, by the way. She's in her 90s, mid 90s at this point. She is a great, great grandmother in her own lifetime. She has great, great grandchildren, believe it or not. Lived through the Eastern Front, lived through World War II, lived through the Soviet Union. And when you see a picture of her surrounded by her children and her children's children and her children's children's children, ain't nobody sitting there going, oh, what job did she have? Oh, what's in her bank account? Because you can see the outpouring of glorious life that she was able to achieve in her lifetime. Her achievements are right there. Her family's right there. Nobody gonna ask that. Ain't nobody lying on their deathbed goes, you know, I wish I spent more time in the office. Wish I put in a few more hours, got some reports done. Really? You think that's what life's about? No. But our society doesn't push that. Our society pushes all of these things. And then here's the other problem. When we have an open borders policy, like we do in the United States, and we just do, certainly under this president, bringing in low-wage workers creates competition for low-wage jobs. It's basic economic. And this is where I defer with the libertarians who believe in open borders. Because when you're bringing in low-wage workers, you create an artificial deflationary pressure on wages particularly for working class jobs, which means it's going to keep those jobs down. It's going to keep those wages down. What's, also, what's it also going to do? That means if the wages are down, you're not going to be able to afford a home. You're not going to be able to afford wealth uh, accumulation. You're not going to have that. 
And so if you're not able to afford a home, if you can't accumulate capital, you can't accumulate wealth, well, what's, what's going to happen next? You're not going to be able to have a family and have kids. So you've created a perpetuating cycle of crisis. You are the one to blame for this, Chuck Schumer, not the people of this country. And look, there's a lot of crises out there. And folks, there's even a diesel fuel crisis right now, believe it or not. And this spells big trouble for the United States. We have less than 25 days left of diesel in our national reserve. Thanks, Joe Biden. And if trucks can't get enough fuel, food shortages will follow. Shelves could be empty within days. Are you prepared for this? In the middle of winter? If not, go to preparewithposo.com. You will get a $250 discount on the popular three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest preparedness company. That's right. Save $250 if you act right now. My Patriot Supply wants to help families more by charging less. In fact, this is their lowest price since 2019. So drop what you're doing and go to preparewithposo.com. Your order ships fast and free in unmarked boxes for your privacy. You'll save $250 per kit. So get as many as you need for the entire family. Look, you throw into the back of the car, you throw in your garage. Everybody has one. You will be good to go. Preparewithposo.com. Link will be in the description of the podcast. There are multiple things going on in the system, but it has never been the case before until we had reform prosecutors where people tried to blame just one entity. We all have to work together. And the reality is that we have been more and effective. And you are a reform in- district attorney. Everybody, everybody in the country knows that. But maybe it's not working. It is working. The reality is that There's our conviction- a thousand people killed in 20 months. The, it is working. The reality is when you look at all these different jurisdictions, we've had a devastating blow from the pandemic and there is absolutely no correlation between being progressive or traditional and the rate of crime. These states in the United States that have a rate of homicide that is 40% higher are MAGA states. They are Trump states. I'll say it again. The rate of homicide in Trump states as compared to Biden states, take all 50 of them, is 40 percent You know, higher. Republicans say the opposite. It's all the blue Republicans states. Republicans lie. The- I mean, let's just get down to it. Republicans lie. That is what they do. Eight of not the 10 cities with not, not, well, okay, that's right. Not all of them do, but the MAGA ones do. Eight out of 10 of the most violent cities are Trump cities. Like, we got to get real about this. Facts matter. Law so matters. The perception we have to about that. you is there, and I, I still say the perception is there. Uh, you want to talk about liars. Larry Krasner himself is the biggest liar in America today. This is the district attorney of the city of Philadelphia. He has presided over the largest explosion in homicides, murders, blood on the streets, rampant gangs taking over the city than we've seen in my lifetime in Philadelphia. And what can I say? You know, this is a personal one for me whether it's the Wawa riots, whether it's the students being kidnapped and murdered at Temple University where I went to school. Um, when, when, you, when you look at this, when you look at this and then see this, the violence that's spilling out into the suburbs in various parts of Montgomery County where my family lives and elsewhere, and then you see this guy up on TV just lying, Blame it on conservatives, blame it on anybody but himself. Blame it on anyone but himself. The guy who did away with no cash bail, the guy who's not locking up violent criminals, the guy who won't even prosecute, the guy who's demonizing police and he turns around and blames it on conservatives? 
Do you really think that it's conservative lawyers driving up and down the streets and ATVs, getting out and carjacking people, really roving bands of, uh, you know, <laughs> like the uh, uh, the Federalist Society? No, shut up. So he's been impeached. Larry Krasner has been impeached, not by anyone within the city of Philadelphia, because Philadelphia, as far as I'm concerned, and a lot of these cities, as far as I'm concerned, are lawless. They're completely lawless. And in these states where there's an ability of the legislature or the governor to take them over and then uh, take away their home rule status, you've got to do that. And you should do that, by the way, in, a, in many of these states. Well, in Pennsylvania, we're finally going to get some accountability because the state legislature, state house, the PA state assembly has impeached Larry Krasner. They are going to remove him from all, because guess what? Guess what? They have the ability to do that even at that level. So the way it works is he will be impeached. He's not, that's going to launch a trial investigation. Now, impeachment, if you remember uh, President Trump's two impeachments, it works very similar. And then you so you have a trial in the House. OK, the House votes to impeach. Then you have the trial or blame my last. You have the trial in the Senate. Uh, the House votes to impeach. Then you have the trial in the Senate. And then you need a two thirds majority of the Senate. Now, there is a split in the Pennsylvania um, upper house, the upper chamber there, the Pennsylvania Senate. So you've got 29 to 20. So there's 50 senators for the state of Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth, 29 Republicans, 21 Democrats. You're going to need 33 votes to convict. And if you convict, that means he's removed from office. So that means you would need just a couple state senators, Democrat state senators, to cross over. I got to tell you, I think it's doable. I think it's absolutely doable for this nut job. Guy's an absolute clown. Blood on his hands. Just what he's done to that city, to that was which was once a great city. And this is, by the way, what liberals will do to every city that they take total control of every single time. You saw it in Detroit. You're seeing it in L.A. You're seeing it, obviously, in pretty much every single city up and down the East Coast. I can't think of a single city on the East Coast. I couldn't even tell you that's that's doing well. That's that's doing well for itself. The Midwest, sure. There's some cities that are doing great in the Midwest. There's some cities that are booming, particularly in the South. But if you look at the East Coast where I'm from, just get out. Get out of those cities as fast as possible. And it's sad, right? You know, I would love to get to the point where we can take back all of our cities. And so when I look at things like this, at having the state legislature, right? So think of the, don't just look at the individual situation, also look at the TTP, because this is a TTP we can learn. What's a TTP, you say? Well, the TTP is a tactic, technique, or procedure. Ballot harvesting is a TTP. Conservatives need to understand this. But the tactic, technique, and procedure here is for the state assembly, use state government power to go in and clean up something that's a problem at the local level in one of these cities. If there's an ability, by the way, to impeach someone like this, who is a complete nut job, then yes, absolutely impeach them. Get rid of them. You should, I mean, if, if you can, if you can charge him, charge him because this guy should be behind bars for what he's done to the people of Philadelphia. He's behind bars for what he's done to the kids. Imagine having to go to school and walking past fentanyl junkies and dead bodies every day because that's what the children of Philadelphia have to do. That's what they have to do. And you got these these machines, and I'm just going to say, you have these machines in the city that keep reelecting the same politicians over and over and over, and nothing changes. Nothing changes because it's all look. It, 
you want to go watch The Wire, right? So The Wire, obviously Baltimore, but you can apply it to pretty much every city on the East Coast and 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 probably you know, Chicago, Detroit, and a bunch of others. And I always they say how long? I, I always ask people this is my trick question. I say how long is The Wire? How long was that show? They'll say well it was it was it was five seasons, right? It was the fifth season was the end. I said no. The Wire didn't end. It just spilled over into real life, because The Wire is a documentary, because that's what's happening to every single one of our cities in this nation that are being run directly into the ground by crooked politicians. I don't even care, by the way. I don't even care what party they are. I don't care what situation it is um, that they're that they're you know up there saying they are corrupt. Public corruption in the United States is higher than almost anywhere in the world. You think they would they would allow this in Japan? You think they would allow this even in China, by the way, this level of crime? I'll tell you what, there's, if there's one thing, you know, I could say from having lived in China, when you live in a police state, you don't have to worry about street crime very much. Um, you could walk across the city of Shanghai at two in the morning and be perfectly fine because it, it don't exist. Now, I'm not saying we should exactly go to that level, but that being said, lock up your violent criminals. We need to take back our cities. And if that means instituting uh, state police that can go into some of these cities and some of these areas, all for it. We need to start looking into ways to clean this stuff up so that we can actually take them back. And we need to get serious about it instead of being fatalistic and just sitting back and waiting for the entire thing to collapse. Oh, I sat back, I waited for it to collapse. I let it fall over. Look, we can do that. But guess what? You go out into the suburbs, they're going to come with you. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.